Well, I'd like to invite Pastor Rick Mendez. Let's welcome Pastor Families over family, there. Family. family, church family, family. <laughs> family. Born with his family and the rest of my family. Well, uh, let me pray for you. Absolutely. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for uh, Pastor Rick and his family and his church family. And Lord, we're we're washed in the blood of yes. Jesus. And thank we you. just thank you. Thank you for Pastor Rick. I pray you bless him, fill him with your spirit. As he communicates your your word to your people, Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Allen. Okay. I'll be careful with that. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with all of you. How many know we're all just family? Yeah, look at your neighbor and just say, familia, familia. Just want to make sure some of you feel at home. Familia. You know, it's an it's a honor to be here, to be able to minister the word of God. I never take it lightly in our church or whether it's coming in here or in other churches. It is an honor to share the word of God. Amen. It's a privilege to share the word of God, especially on this day. We celebrate. How many are Christmas people? Just raise your hand if you're Christmas people. Look at all of you. I wore a size extra large in case you're looking for last minute gifts. But one of the things, uh, seriously, for my church, if you help with the decorations in this place, could you just stand? I want my church to be able to see and, and give you thanks. If you're part of that group, just stand. We want to recognize you. Okay, I know there's more in here. There's more in here, and we just, we just want to say thank you because we get to receive part of those blessings. For Thanksgiving, it's always beautiful in here. For Christmas, it's always beautiful. And we just wanted to make sure to thank you all for that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to each open our hearts to your word today. Lord, that we would receive from you, from what your word declares. Over 2,000 years ago, a miracle occurred, and they're still occurring today in this day and age. So, Father, I pray today, reveal your Son, Jesus Christ, to us like never before. And, Lord, may we celebrate today, because, Jesus, you are the reason for the season. And we pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 I love Christmas Eve Sunday because I get to spend it with my family. We have an annual tradition. We and my family, we just can't wait for Christmas Day. We celebrate on Christmas Eve evening. <laughs> Amen. And so we get together. How many do that? How many have that tradition? Anybody else? There's a few of you. Just like us, you just can't wait. And so we celebrate it with, with dinner, with uh, fellowship, with gifts as well. But one of the beautiful things that I love about Christmas Eve is I don't have to travel very far to see my family, my children, my grandchildren. Yes, I have grandchildren. They're all within 40 minutes of here. Every single one of my siblings all live close by. That's a blessing. I don't have to spend a plane ticket to go down to Southern California or anything like that. 
and, and that's because uh, it's a great blessing for me because now I can spend more money on my wife or her present. <laughs> you know, a happy wife is a happy life. I've learned that lesson. But really the, the reason why we celebrate, again, in all seriousness, is that Jesus is the reason for the season. And so today, I want to take a look at the Gospel of Luke and the account of the birth of Jesus, which we're all very familiar with. And I've titled this sermon today, Joy to the World. It was appropriate from the song we sang earlier. Uh, how many love that worship this morning? That was so wonderful to praise the, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let's uh, go to Luke chapter 2. And I'm going to read the entire account here, starting in verse 1 all the way through verse 20. And I'm reading from the NIV version. If your, your version might differ slightly. And it says the following. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Other versions might say, do not fear. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Amen. Amen. All of us have heard this account possibly hundreds of times, possibly thousands of times you've read this account. We're very familiar with it. I want to speak to you today on two points here. 
But before I go there, 10 years ago, I had the privilege to go to Israel on a, on a trip to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. And it was one of probably the highlights of my life. I can just be honest with you. How many have been to Israel? Anybody here been to Israel? I encourage you to go to Israel if you have the opportunity. Probably not right now, but you know, maybe in the future uh, would be a great opportunity. But we went to a church in Bethlehem where they believed that Jesus was born. It's called the Church of the Nativity. And as you walk into this huge church, there is a little room. And so when they say that Jesus was born in a manger, we, we kind of think like in a field of some place, but it's really a cave is what they say where he was born, a grotto, a cave. And so when you go into this church, this church was built over the cave. And so you walk into this little room and there's a silver star to represent the star that guided the wise men. And it's right on the floor. And in the center of that star is, a, is like a window, it must be plexiglass or some sort of glass, but you can peer down into what appears to be the cave where Jesus was born. How many just get the heebie-jeebies just thinking of that, right? And it's things like that that you see as you walk in the footsteps of Jesus uh, that you can actually kind of picture it. I left there after 10 days in Israel. The Bible became more alive than ever. Uh, that's why I would encourage you to go to places like this. As a side note, I just want to share what the Greek philosopher origin of Alexandria who was a Christian scholar back in the day, this was around the year AD 248, he said the following, in Bethlehem, the cave is pointed out where he was born, and the manger in the cave where he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. And the rumor is in those places and among foreigners of the faith that indeed Jesus was born in this cave who is worshiped and reverenced by the Christians. This was in the year 248. Mm. They were already, they, they knew where he was born. And here 2,000 years later, we can find a place that pinpoints where Jesus was born. But back to the, the text. There was no room at the end. There was no room. And this is why they found themselves looking for a place to birth the, the Savior of the world, the Son of God, the one that would set you free. Amen. How many are thankful for that today? Amen. Yes. Amen. And it brings me to my first point, which is fear not. Some of you may be thinking, fear. But I, I'm so thankful for John bringing that up as he was praying. During this time of the year, there are many joyous faces, happy faces, but there's also a struggle. Let's, let's be real. There, there's families that struggle at this time of the year through maybe loss of a loved one. In fact, this morning, I, I got news from one of our church members that they lost a family member. So it's not always an easy time, is it? We remember of those that have gone on to be with the Lord. But that's another reason to rejoice. We will see them once again, amen? Last year, lost my sister, my mom and dad lost their daughter, their baby daughter. And we know that she is with the Lord. And the good news is one day we will see her again. One day we will rejoice and see her again. So fear not. How many know that sometimes in the middle of something, something good, sometimes fear attempts to pop up. 
You can be in the middle of something great, rejoicing, yet fear will try to discourage you. Mm -hmm. Fear will attempt to make an appearance. You know, this Christmas Eve, I don't know what you're facing. All of us have seasons that we go through. I just know that watching the news on TV can cause you to fear and tremble. Mm -hmm. Whether it's Gaza, Ukraine, different things going on throughout the world. For Pastor Rick, it's shopping at Walmart. I begin to fear and tremble. But it's a reminder to you and me that we're all going to go through trials. We're all going to face fear. But how many are thankful that you have God living inside of you? Amen. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. But fear not. Even during what would turn out to be the greatest event in the history of this world, fear was attempting to pop up, to show up. But fear not. This is why in the previous chapter, which we didn't read, but in Luke chapter 1 and verse 30, an angel appeared to Mary and told her these profound words, Do not be afraid, Mary. Do not fear. You have found favor with God. How many would just be pleased if an angel could show up in your life and just say, hey, don't worry. It's going to be all right. It's going to, I've seen the, the end from the beginning and it's going to turn out all right. I would love that. But unfortunately, that's not reality. We have to walk by faith and not by sight, the Bible tells us in the book of James. Do not be afraid. Do not fear is what the angel said. And I'm so thankful that the Lord reminds us through his word that it seems like almost every time there was an angelic appearance, the angel would say, do not fear. Well, you'd be afraid if you saw a giant angel <laughs> pop up. <laughs> I think all of us would be. Let's not kid ourselves. You know, as we look back at our own lives today, as we, we tend to contemplate what took place during the year, especially this last week, we'll be contemplating what we did, what we faced, how we can do things better next year, right? We all want to do things like that. But we've all survived seasons of turmoil, despair, seasons of loss. Maybe it was a negative report from a doctor. Maybe it was a loss of a loved one. Maybe it was a loss of a job. It could be a variety of things. But fear not. Fear not. Say that with me. Fear not. Just like Mary and Joseph, who learned to have faith and walk in faith, we need to walk by faith and not by sight. Because in six months, your financial situation is going to be better. Your job situation is going to be better. Your health situation is going to be better. Have faith. Amen? Amen. Amen. And sometimes that's why I wish an angel would just show up and let me know that. <laughs> because it's such a struggle sometimes to walk by faith. Mm -hmm. But that's how we grow. That's how we mature. Amen. Mm -hmm. Instead of fear and anxiety over things I can't control, I need to just let it go and say, uh, let go and let God. Okay. The old expression, let go and let God. And the angel in this story that we just read, the angel of the Lord has brought us good news. And the good news is the birth of Jesus Christ. The good news is the gospel, which we discover later in the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, the message of salvation. Do you know it's impossible to have fear and joy at the same time? You cannot have fear and joy at the same time. You're going to have one or the other. 
it's emotionally impossible. And this brings me to my second point, which is joy to the world. Say that with me. Joy, joy to the world. Oh, you want to start singing it, I can tell. <laughs> Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you ever heard someone just tell you, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. Yeah. A lot of times as a pastor, that's, that's when you're counseling somebody. It could be a marriage counseling session. It could just be speaking to someone, and they may just tell you, I want to be happy. But there's something greater than happiness. Mm -hmm. And that is having joy in your spirit, joy in your soul. And this is what the Lord has given us as believers. It's your right, it's your privilege to have that joy today. There's no reason for you to walk out of here, not unhappy, but not filled with joy. You should leave here today filled with joy. In fact, one of the things I always challenge our church is to never leave the same way you came in, to leave filled with God's word, to leave challenged, to leave filled with joy today. Amen? Amen. For example, in my, in my life, I, I may be happy when the 49ers win. Yeah. Pastor Allen, am I talking your language? Yeah. Hey Amen. I guess this is a 49er church. <laughs> but I have joy, but I have joy when I preach and pray over people. There's a difference. I'm happy when I, get, when I get paid at work, but I have joy because I know that the Lord is going to take care of all of my needs. There's a difference, a huge difference. But too often what happens, because we're human, is we let the circumstances of life, the things that we see with our eyes, dictate how we feel. How many have ever been robbed of joy because of what you see in that moment? especially at this time of the year. Materialism can rob you of joy. Just trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? Is that an expression <laughs> But as I, as I mentioned, we often let the circumstances of this life and what we feel start to define us. And that's not never what God intended for your life. We allow our grief, our shame, our despair to define us rather than Jesus himself, the greatest, the greatest story that ever took place in this world, who came to give us victory, who came to give us peace, who came to give us joy. That is who should define us every day as believers. I challenged our church this whole month. I preached on the different aspects of, of the nativity through the eyes of Joseph, through the eyes of Mary, but I challenge them to not let culture affect your viewpoint. In other words, you as believers are the light of Christ. Yeah. You as believers, when, when someone comes up to you and says, well, happy holidays, your direct response back to them should be, thank you. Merry Christmas, amen. I can't tell you how many times I said that this week to people, and I, I work in an office, so it's a lot of emails. Happy holidays. My response was always Merry Christmas to them, and uh, that's just the way it is. Amen? Amen. Luke chapter 2, verse 10, if we have that up on the screen, I believe we have the next one. That says this, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, and, and then the follow-up to that, the next, do we have that? Yeah, there we go. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Mm -hmm. 
Everybody say, all the people. All the people. And you know, I looked that up in the Greek. I don't always do this, but I looked it up in the Greek, and all means all. Amen. It means you and I. It means everybody here. Black, white, brown. Don't you love this here today? Don't you love it? Amen. That's what it's all about. That's what heaven's going to look like. Heaven's going to look like that. And he, he brought us great news, or good news, which causes us great joy for all of us. The good news is the Messiah has come. He was born in Bethlehem. The sad part of that story is that in the nation of Israel, they're still waiting for the Messiah. They didn't recognize Jesus Christ as the Messiah, even though all the prophecies from Isaiah, Isaiah, Zechariah, pointed to Jesus as the coming king, as the coming Messiah. Yet they're still awaiting a Messiah. But we as believers have received him. The savior of the world is here, amen? amen? This is why as believers, we have joy inside. Say the word joy. joy. Doesn't your, your face just smile when you say that? Joy. joy, joy, yes. And no one can take that joy from you. You know, no one can take that joy. You have to give up joy. You choose to give it up. The joy that Christ came to bring us changes our perspective on life, on the past and the present. I may not be happy about my life before I came to Christ. I didn't grow up in this. But when I came to the Lord, he gave me joy. Wow. He gave me joy. And he, he overlooks my past because, as we all know, he threw our sins into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered against you again. And that's a big thank you, Lord, right there. Amen. Christ is the center of that joy. It's not anything out in the parking lot. It's not your 401k. It's not the gated community you might live in. But Christ is the center of your joy. Amen? Amen. There was a theologian, Charles Spurgeon, who said it well. There is a marvelous medicinal power in joy. Most medicines are distasteful, but this, which is the best of all medicines, is sweet to the taste and comforting to the heart. This blessed joy is very contagious. The grace of joy is contagious. Everywhere you go, you should be overflowing with joy. The joy of the Lord should be upon you. The joy of the Lord should be not just here at church, but on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever you go back to work, that joy of the Lord should be on your face, regardless of the boss you may have, regardless of the coworker you may have, you should have joy on your face, amen? amen. This is how you will have influence in the life of others, because they're gonna look at you, how can you have joy in this place, brother? They're gonna ask you that, and that's your opportunity to witness to them. You know, I just wanted to share something else I, 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 I completely forgot to share, but notice how at the beginning of this sermon, or the beginning of the uh, text we read, that the, the decree was issued for a census to take place. What I'm trying to say is that God will take the things of this world and transform them to allow his will to take place. That's right. Amen? That's right. There's things that the census, who wants to take place in a census or take part in the census? 
they had to get out of their comfort zone, out of their homes, and go possibly hundreds of miles away to the birthplace and, and register and, and get all the documentation straight and uh, take care of that. But God uses those things for his glory, amen? Yeah, right. and, and the person who did this, we read, was Caesar Augustus. He was one of many Caesars back then in, in Rome. In fact, other Caesars such as Julius Caesar, and of course the most famous Caesar of all, Little Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> the grace of joy, the grace of joy. Today, as we leave here today, as we go to, you go to your families, tomorrow, when you get together with your families, I know that a lot of your families, you won't have all believers there. Some of you will have non-believers together mixed with believers. Let that light of Christ shine like never before. Let that joy of the Lord come through like never before. Amen? Amen. Look at someone right now and just tell them, I've got joy. I've got joy. Man, I've got joy. I've got joy. And as I closed here today, let us remember the real reason, and it's been pointed out a couple times already today, but Jesus is the reason for the season. It's not about materialism. It's not about celebrating a, a beautiful Christmas tree or the ornaments or even how beautiful these decorations are. They're beautiful. But let us remember the center of our joy is Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. the Lord and Savior, who came to rescue you and I from our sins, from our past, and give us a hope and a future and fill us with joy in this present world that we live in. Amen? Mm -hmm. This season... Two things as we close. Number one, do not fear. Mm. Don't even think of that credit card bill you're going to get in January. <laughs> do not fear. But be joyful. God Almighty wants his people to be joyful. Mm, that's good. The world is out there looking like this. Disgusted and sad and... Sucking on sour persimmons, you know that look? God's people are to be filled with joy. I, I remind myself that every day. It's not something I have to put on. It shouldn't be. It should be a natural overflow extension of who you are. You are filled with the Spirit of God, amen? And because of that, you have the joy of Christ deep down in your soul. The Bible says joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen? Amen? That's what you and I are to be filled with. So number one, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Be joyful. Be joyful. Stand with me this morning. I was going to say this afternoon. I'm so used to this afternoon. We're going to close here with a song as we invite John back up. He's going to close us with a song. But one of the things I like to do at the conclusion of my uh, sermons is I like to pray a blessing over our people. So we're going to do that right now and then we're going to join John in the song. But I would encourage each of you, just lift your hands with me right now as you receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.